This podcast from World Video Bible School will seek to provide you with weekly encouragement through messages that focus on God's Word. The scope of the podcast will seek to cover a wide variety of perspectives and topics applicable to various ages and backgrounds of life. The weekly lessons will be formed from the wealth of content available through the WVBS archive and will often be pulled from a program containing multiple lessons. This will provide you the opportunity to quickly hear a variety of speakers and topics, but also may stimulate your desire to watch the remaining lessons from one of the programs in particular. When it's applicable, we will provide the online link to the rest of the lessons for a program in the podcast episode description. So please join us as we look into the riches contained in God's Word. In a world ravaged by disease, division, and darkness, we need hope. The question then is, how can we abound in hope? Join Bill Watkins in this first lesson as he opens God's Word to show how we can find abundant hope. Hi, my name is Bill Watkins. I really appreciate the opportunity to come to you and offer to you something from Scripture that I believe will change our lives for the better. In Scripture, we have the absolute Word of God. It is the message from God's heart to my heart and to yours. And it strikes me that right now, especially in times like this, we need that Word more than ever. We need hope. In a time where COVID-19 has covered the world, in a time where the economic situation of the world has suffered, in a time where many, many people are isolated from one another, we need hope more than ever. It's to hope that Paul speaks in Romans chapter 15. He says in verse 12 of Romans chapter 15, in him will the Gentiles hope. But then he says this amazing prayer in verse 13. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. We all have situations that just don't seem like they're possibly going to work out. We don't know when we're ever going to get well. We don't know when the economic situation is going to change for us. There are times we look at our family and we say, they're so fractured and divided. How in the world can I ever bring that family back together again? We don't see how it can happen. And all our circumstances seem to say it's never going to happen. The circumstances say you can't do it. God's not going to come through. But you and I abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's one thing to have hope. It's another thing to abound in hope. <clears throat> the word that he uses here is an interesting Greek word when he talks about abound. It means to superabound. It means to excel. It means to overflow. It means to have more than enough. You and I not only need to hope, but we need to abound in hope. We need to overflow in hope. We need to have an excess of hope. And when you abound in hope, then you're not moved when the circumstances don't look like they can possibly work out. If you abound in hope, you're not discouraged just because things haven't changed yet. You thought that they would, they haven't changed yet, you're still praying. If you're abounding in hope, then you're not worried because you don't see a way 
that anything can possibly work out. You're abounding in hope because you know that the Lord reigns over the nations. He sits on his holy throne. That's Psalm 47, verse 8. You abound in hope because you know that a man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. And the Lord is ordering your steps if you're a child of God. You know that all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. And you love God and you're called according to his purpose. By the way, that was Romans chapter 8, verse 28. You know his promises that he's made. In Joshua chapter 1, verse 9, remember he told Joshua, be strong and courageous. He says, do not be afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And he's with you. He's with you right now if you're his child. In Psalm 37, verses 4 and 5, delight also in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust him and he will bring it to pass. You believe that promise. Or from Psalm 37, verses 23 and 24, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delights in his way. Though he fall, he will not be utterly cast down for the Lord upholds him with his hand. You may have gone through difficult times, but you are not going to ultimately fail. Why? You're in the hands of God and God himself has promised that you will not ultimately fail. You believe in the promise of Isaiah chapter 41, verse 3, where God said, I, the Lord your God, will hold your right hand, saying, Fear not, I will help you. Or Psalm 32, verse 8, I will instruct you and teach you in the way that you should go. I will guide you with my eye. How about this one? Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 9, Know that the Lord your God, He is God. The faithful God who keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations with those who love him and keep his commandments. Or Proverbs chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. The Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He stores up wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk uprightly. Maybe one more. James chapter 1, verse 5. If any of you lack wisdom... Let him ask of God who gives to all men liberally and without reproach, and it will be given him. You and I have a promise. We have more than a promise. We have abundant promises, and so we abound in hope. And that means that we can't be talked out of our hope. The odds are against us. What are the odds? The odds have nothing to do with my God. I'll not stop believing. You don't see a way, but you keep thanking God because he's making a way. We have hope. People tell you it's not going to happen. You just might as well accept it. This is the way that life is, that life is hard and then you die. And you just let that go in one ear and go out the other because we're confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in us will complete it until the day of the Lord Jesus. That's Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. What God has started in you, he's going to finish. You need to have that kind of confidence. When we're suffering with COVID-19 or any other illness, we abound in hope. When necessity isolates us from the people that we long to be with, we abound in hope. When the economy is affected by the world problems, we abound in hope. When we feel lonely, when we need someone to share our lives, 
we abound in hope. When we go through disappointment and hurt and difficulty, we could get discouraged. We could turn bitter. We could be despairing. We could be upset. But when you abound in hope, you do that because you know something that Joseph knew long ago and said in Genesis chapter 50, verse 20, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. Whatever the circumstance of your life is and whatever Satan would like to take away from you, I want you to know that while Satan means it to harm you, God takes that very same thing and he brings it in to bless you. What was meant for harm, God is turning to your advantage and it's because you're a child of God and you abound in hope. You may be sorrowful, but you abound in hope because you know that weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Proverbs chapter 30, verse 5. So my question really right now is, what are you abounding in? Are you abounding in worry? Like, what if it doesn't work out? Are you abounding in doubt? I don't see how this problem could ever be solved. Are you abounding in discouragement? It's been too long and the challenge has been too great and habits have gotten too deeply ingrained. If that's what you're abounding in, you're abounding in the wrong thing. If you start abounding in hope, despite what things look like, you'll be thanking God when you could be complaining. You'll be praising God, expecting things to change in your favor. And when you do that, you're going to see God do wonderful things in your life. God's looking for people to be abounding in hope. Problems that look permanent for you, those problems are only temporary. Let the experts say what they will. God will always have the last say. Trust God in this. You can't see how God is going to bless you. But the God you serve is the one who already placed a bitter tree or a tree beside bitter water so that the waters would turn sweet when you go over to Exodus chapter 15. The God that you serve knows that when the children of Israel were desperate for water, he had already put a rock in Horeb. And water was going to gush out of that rock. He had already taken care of that. When you're going through whatever it is that seems hopeless to you, God's already seen that. He knows everything, past, present, and future. And he's already made a way for you, even though you might not be able to see it yet, even though you don't know it. God's already lined up opportunities for you. He's already put people in your path that are going to help you on the way. They're coming. Trust him. Abound in hope. For every promise that God has ever made, he has a way of making that happen. So have the faith of the father of the faithful. I want to read to you from Romans chapter 4, verses 20 and 21. It's talking about Abraham. God has appeared to Abraham and said, I'm going to change your name from Abram to Abraham. You're going to be the father of many nations. Now, Abraham is over 75 years old. His wife is barren. She's never been able to have children at all. And God said, you're going to have a child. And through that child, all the nations will be blessed. So how does Abraham respond to that? Listen, verses 20 and 21. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. Being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. What does it say about Abraham? He was fully convinced. It's one thing to be convinced. It's another thing to be fully convinced. It's one thing to live in hope. 
It's another thing to live abounding in hope. Abraham was fully convinced. What does that mean? It means that you're not going to change your mind. It means that you're not going to let people talk you out of it. It means that you're not going to let circumstances cause you to quit believing. So before you ever see the promise fulfilled, before anything has changed at all, there's a waiting period when you don't see anything happening. During that waiting period, there's no sign that there's anything that's ever going to change. And every thought will want to tell you you're wasting your time. Every thought wants to tell you just accept it. Nothing is going to change. What I want you to remember is this is a test. God wants to see and he wants to show you what you're made of. Will you be fully convinced? Will you abound in hope? Or are you going to get talked out of your hope? Are, are you going to give up? Are you going to dig really deep down into your soul and say, I'm not moved by what's not changing. I'm not discouraged because it's taking so long. I'm not worried because nothing is improving. I'm not worried because I know that God is a faithful God. I've seen him bless his people in the past. I've read about it in the scripture. I've seen it in my life. I've seen him bless me in my past, and I have all confidence. I am fully convinced and abounding in hope that God is going to bless me in the future. That's what Abraham did. God gave him the promise and said he was going to have a baby when he just can't do it. He looked at Sarah and he says, her womb is as good as dead. It says of Abraham, he was as good as dead. What a prognosis. And yet when God made a promise, he didn't stop because it looked impossible. He didn't quit dreaming because the dream seemed to be too big. He didn't say, I'm not going to believe this because it just doesn't make sense for a guy my age. He didn't because he was fully convinced. He didn't because he was abounding in hope. And some of you need to abound in hope again and stop trying to just huddle up and hope that your life will survive COVID-19 or hope that you survive whatever negative circumstances you're going through right now and begin to believe that God's already lined up blessing for you. There are some people that I know who say, I, I, I don't think I ought to go to college right now. Times are just too tough. Go to college. There are some who say, I, I, I don't know whether I should start this business right now. And I don't know whether it should go. Maybe I don't have enough experience. I just don't know. Don't let your doubts be the thing that stops you. Somebody says, I'm so limited. My problems are so enormous. The world is so big and I'm so small. I feel like David versus Goliath. Well, that's fine. Just remember who won that battle. It was David that won that battle. Now, here's the key to abounding in hope. God does not ask us to figure it all out. He doesn't ask us to come up with a plan and research it and decide whether or not it's possible for God to do what God has promised. He simply asks us to believe. He asks us to step out, to abound in hope. Look at verse 21 again of Romans 4. Abraham was fully convinced that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. I need to have that same fully convinced attitude. I need to be able to say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua chapter 24, verse 15. I am fully convinced that God has opened a door that no one can shut. Revelation chapter 3, verse 8. I am confident in this very thing that he who has begun a good work in me will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. 
Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. I'm fully persuaded that I will impact this world for good, that I will leave my mark, that through Christ I will be the salt of the earth and the light of the world, and I will let my light so shine before men that they may see my good works and glorify my Father who is in heaven. Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. Those promises of God may seem unlikely. You don't see how it can happen. You could easily talk yourself out of it. You could talk yourself out of believing. You can talk yourself out of stepping out in faith. Don't do that. Don't do that. What I want you to do instead is to trust God here, to abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Like Abraham, you can say, I am fully convinced that what God has promised he is able also to perform. God, I believe you're going to keep your promises, not just to the world in general. I believe you're going to keep them to me personally and individually. I believe that you've made a promise to me. And I believe that that promise is one that you're going to keep. Now, you may not see any sign that that's happening. You may have no physical reason outside of yourself in your circumstances to believe that. But that's what it means to abound in hope. It's not abounding primarily in your logic, in your reasoning, which seems to say it's just not possible, but down in your spirit, down in your heart where you really live, you have this expectancy, you have this passion, you have this knowing that God's going to do something out of the ordinary, something that you couldn't make happen on your own, but he can make it happen. He's made the promise. Thoughts will tell you it's impossible. Why are you still believing? You know that the problem's not going to work out. The same thoughts had to come to Abraham. You can't have a baby. You're too old. Sarah's way past childbearing, and she's never been able to have children anyway. So what did Abraham do? I want you to look at verse 18 of Romans chapter 4. In hope, he believed against hope that he should become the father of many nations. I like that. Against hope, he hoped. Even when it seemed impossible to hope, he said, I will hope anyway. When it doesn't look hopeful, when it doesn't seem possible, when it doesn't seem that anything can happen, when it says to myself, when I say to myself, I feel like I'm wasting my time, dig down deep. And against hope, believe in hope. Against hope, keep hoping. Against all odds, dare to believe. Dare to hope. When the world tells you one thing, and God tells you something else, you keep hoping in faith. When things look impossible, I want to remember that God says, with God, all things are possible. Mark chapter 10, verse 27. Listen to Isaiah chapter 14, verse 24. Lord of hosts has sworn, as I have planned, so shall it be. As I have purposed, so shall it stand. When you feel alone, Remember Hebrews chapter 13, verses 5 and 6. I will never leave you nor forsake you, so we can confidently say the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man can do to me. I need to remember that I'm not alone. I need to remember that God is in control. What are you fully convinced of? It's not just enough to be convinced. But you need to have a made-up mind. I am going to trust God. I am going to hope in God. I am fully convinced that what God has promised, he's able to perform. Giving up is not an option for me. Not believing is not something I'll even consider. 
My face is set and I won't be changed by negative reports and I won't be stopped by how impossible a thing looks and I won't be complaining because of how long it seems to be taken. You know, God has promised and God's promise is on the way. Whatever God has promised, that promise is on the way. There might be a time of waiting, but that promise is on the way. Abraham had all kinds of times where he could have stopped believing. God gave him the promise and nothing happened. Year after year went by and still nothing happened. No sign of a baby. And the whole time he's getting older. The whole time Sarah's getting older. What seemed impossible at first seems even more impossible now. Listen to verse 19 of Romans chapter 4. But Abraham considered not the weakness of his own body, nor the deadness of Sarah's womb. When you abound in hope, you're considering not your circumstances, but the power and promise of God. You're considering what it is that God has promised to us. If you stay focused on how big the problem is, on how the experts have said it's not going to work out, how impossible it looks, you're going to get discouraged. Quit considering your circumstances. Start considering your God. Remember who He is. Remember what He's done for His people. Remember what He's promised to do for you. No person can stop our God. There's no sickness, no bad break, no addiction that can stop God. God's going to do what God has promised to do. So are you considering how big your problems are or how big your God is? If I understand how big God is, it makes a difference. There's a translation of Romans chapter 14, verse 18, that I particularly like. It says, all human reason for hope was gone, but Abraham hoped on in faith. Maybe you feel like there's no reason for you to have hope. There's no reason for you to continue to believe. That if you look at what's natural, it's just not possible. But you and I serve a supernatural God. And he can make things happen that nobody else can happen and open doors that you and I have never seen. So Abraham is 100 years old now. Sarah is 90 years old now. It may be as many as 25 years from the promise that God made until it's fulfilled. But she gave birth to a son and they named him Isaac. I want you to think about what that must be like. All the hoping, all of the praying, all of the trusting, and all of the ridicule that you know they had to receive by people when they said, we've got a promise from God that we're going to have a son. All of a sudden, it became clear that there is no problem too big. There is no depth of depression so deep that God can't lift you up. He can He can bring you from where you are to where He wants you to be. So keep your whole hope stirred up. Be fully convinced. Abound in hope by the power of God. And that's what Paul was praying for. He prayed that you and I would abound in hope. That we would stay in faith even when it's taken a long time. That we would keep trusting even when the problem seems too big. That we wouldn't consider our circumstances. That instead we would consider our God. Listen to Psalm 55 verse 12. Excuse me, Psalm 5, verse 12. For you, O Lord God, will bless the righteous. With favor you will surround him as with a shield. I like what he said here. He didn't say, Lord, I hope you will bless the righteous. He didn't say, Lord, maybe you'll bless the righteous. He said, you will. O Lord, 
you will bless the righteous. He was saying, I'm absolutely convinced. I'm fully persuaded that what you promised is on the way. In Psalm 23, in that favorite psalm that people have, in verse 6, he said, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Surely goodness and mercy. He had an assurance. You and I, we need some surely's in our life, don't we? That surely God is going to bless us. Not surely in the sense of a question, but God is sure to bless us. Surely God is here right now. In him we live and move and have our being. I know that God is here right now. I know that he holds the entire world in his hand. I'm sure of that. I'm sure that Jesus Christ is his son and that he ever lives to make intercession for us. I'm sure of that. There are some things I'm absolutely sure of. And so surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. It's not maybe there's a good chance. Maybe if the medicine works. Maybe if I get that promotion. Maybe if people like me, I need to say surely. It's going to happen. God's going to bless me and his promises are going to be true no matter what my circumstances are right now. I'm confident that good things are coming. I'm confident that whatever the situation is, that it ultimately is turning around. I'm surely confident of that. Somebody says, but I don't see how it's going to happen. You don't have to. What you have to do is abound in hope. What you have to do is understand that God will give you through his spirit an overflowing of hope, an excessive amount of hope, more hope than you ever thought you would need. And all you have to do is be fully convinced. All you have to do is trust him. If you're a child of God, don't let your circumstances fool you. God's about to bless you. He's about to show you favor, and you didn't see it coming. In Psalm 27, David had all sorts of things against him. And if you read the psalm, you're going to find out that he had every opportunity to live discouraged, defeated, and without hope. He said in that psalm that his enemies were attacking him, that they were accusing him of things that he had never done. He said, they're lying about me, they're mean and violent, and on and on he goes about the things they were going to do. His life seems to be overflowing with trouble. But look at verse 13. Yet I am confident I will see the goodness of God. He said, all these negative things are happening to me, but there's one thing I'm absolutely confident of. I'm confident that God is here. I'm confident that God will deliver me. I'm confident that God will vindicate me. I'm confident that I will see his favor. He didn't deny that negative things were happening. He didn't live in a Pollyanna world. It's just that he didn't let it get on the inside. He didn't let him overwhelm him. I don't understand it. I was at my best. I was trying hard, God, and all these negative things happened. Why did these things happen? Doesn't that happen to us sometimes? Overflow with hope. God has a purpose behind everything that happens. In the middle of difficulties, when we don't see a way, when it doesn't seem fair, I'm asking you to overflow with hope. I'm reminded over in Numbers chapters 13 and 14 that God sent 12 men to spy out the land that he had promised the children of Israel. And while it was overflowing with milk and honey, there were those who came back and said, but there were giants in the land. And we look like grasshoppers to them and to us. 
They had wall cities and it's just impossible. And the people listened to them and they were discouraged. But I love Joshua and Caleb. Listen to what they said in chapter 14, verses seven through nine. They spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel saying, the land we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into that land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord or fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. Their protection has departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. They had a surely mentality. They said, God is with us. We can take this land. They have no protection from God. God is with us. We know God is with us. As a result of that, we're not going to be afraid. Don't get talked out of your dreams just because it looks impossible. Don't get talked out of your hope just because there are giants all around you. And there are giants always that you're gonna to have to deal with. Just God is bigger than any giant in your life. He's bigger than any trouble in your life, any difficulty that you have. He's not limited by the environment. He's not limited by COVID-19. He's not limited by the economy. He's not limited by what you don't have. He's not limited by who's against you. He has all the power in the universe and he controls everything. Being confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will complete it until the day of the Lord Jesus. Don't be a doubter. Doubters are a dime a dozen. There are people all over the world who've given up on their dreams, who've given up on hope, who thought that they could not make it, there are people all over the world who've been convinced that things can't work out. And some of them are some of the most intelligent people I know, and yet they still have this dark view of what the world is. But look at you. You're overflowing with hope. You're thanking God when you could be complaining. You're being good to people who aren't good to you because you know that God's going to reward you for that. You're believing when you don't see anything changing. You're talking about victory and declaring God's promises and you have a song of praise in your heart. Why do you do that? You're overflowing with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. You may take longer than you thought. Don't be talked out of it. Don't say maybe it will happen. God has made promises and those promises are real and he will keep them. Never, ever, ever Give up on your hope. It will make you joyful in the midst of pain. And it will give you vision when no one else can see in front of them. And it will give you a way when there is no possible way except through God. Abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit.